Hey guys, this is Sandy Franceschi, Greatest Story Creative. If you want to learn how to establish yourself and grow your greatest business, stay tuned. You're going to love today's episode. Brands on Brands. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal branding coach. And today is another interview show. We are talking to the one and only Annie Franceschi. Annie is a branding expert, six-figure founder, two times best-selling author, and former Disney storyteller. That's right. We dive into talking about how to build your brand, all about reputation, growing your business, and her book. Her book is called Establish Yourself, Brand, Streamline, and Grow Your Greatest Business. It debuted at number one on Amazon in seven categories, including women and business and consulting. And today, through her brand story solution and establish yourself framework, Annie helps coaches and consultants clearly and confidently grow their greatest businesses without burning out on marketing. So got to get into the show today. I'm excited to just jump in and share with you all the things we talk about because we are really on the same page about a lot of the way we approach how to clarify your message, how to get clear on moving your consulting or coaching business forward, leveraging the power of your reputation, your identity, your brand, and then finding the way the systems, the operations, the marketing to grow and move forward. So all that and more, check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. First, I'm excited to welcome our guest to the show today, Annie Franceschi. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. The reason I'm excited is we get to talk about one of my favorite topics. I talk about it all the time, but I don't get to like have that conversation with another person who talks about this all the time. And that topic is reputation. So huge. I think one of the key factors in people being successful or not successful, breaking through, not breaking through. But let's set the stage in terms of how do you specifically define it? What is reputation? Why does it matter? So I sometimes think about reputation as synonymous, synonymous with branding. And it's I, I think there's this sort of this common fallacy that's out there that you think, oh, I'm going to create my brand, right? But you would never ever say, I'm going to create my reputation, right? But the thing is about a brand or your reputation, it exists. And it's really just a question as to, are you managing it? Are you doing anything to positively impact it? That's where branding comes into play. And I know you and I are both in the world of branding, both from our own angles. And I think for as far as your reputation, it's in, in our context, it's how people perceive your brand, how people think and feel about you and the work that you do. You can call it a brand, you can call it a rep, but that's really what it's about. And I think that the work we try to do and what we try to talk about in settings like this is, well, what can you do to affect that reputation, to have people look at you positively, have people see you the way you want to be seen, have you be known and established as an expert at what you want to be known for. So that's sort of how I see reputation is very much synonymous with branding and with that opportunity that comes along with it, which is affecting it, caring about your reputation enough that you are going to invest in that, try to make positive impact to it. 
Yeah, I agree. Now, let me kind of a trick question here. Let me so prepare yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, you work with a lot of coaches and consultants, and we, I'm sure we have some listeners that are in that space that are new to the game and they're coming from a, you know, having experience and a resume in a particular field. They're bringing something to the table. Is that resume the sum total of their reputation? Well, is the resume the sum total of their reputation? It's probably the sum total of their equity, maybe like the equity that they're going to bring into the brand, but you can't tap into that equity until you can articulate it. And that's a lot of where I come in with clients is, and a lot of coaches or consultants coming out of corporate America, you know what you want to be doing or what you're going to do, but you don't have the language to communicate it and to harness that value. So you have this reputation you built, but there's a whole audience of people you want to work with that know nothing about you. So there's this introduction moment that needs to happen. And I often, I look at it like, if you can't tell your story, then you can't sell your story. Mm. And that's where people kind of get stuck. So you know, to that point, it's like, is, are you limited by, is your reputation only your resume? Like, no, it's clearly not. You have relationships and all these things, but it's really the question of what does your ideal audience know about you? Is that a fresh world? Is that world of people who already know you? That's really what's going to come into play. That's going to matter about your reputation and whether you're not needing to reestablish it. Yeah. I I think articulating what you do and who you serve is is definitely got to be square one. It sounds simple, but I feel like there's a million ways to go. There's a million ways. And I've, I've seen people give like, this is the way to do it. Like this is, you know, here's how to, here's your three second nap napkin spiel, but there's gotta be like, there's gotta be a way to people to navigate this. That's, that's easier for them. How do you get people started figuring that out? One of the ways I get people started is I have a free tool on my website that is called your best referral bio, because I run into so many people, even people who aren't coaches and consultants and say, I don't know how to clearly say what I do. And so I created a mnemonic called your brand chips, C-H-I-P-S. So each thing stands for something. It's C is the category, H is the hook, the unique thing you do. I is your ideal client. P is the big problem you solve. S is your big solution. But the idea of this is like, Nobody has time to get to really know all these things about you, but that helps you to narrow it down so that you are telling people the most essential things about you. And it comes with an elevator pitch template. So you can start to actually talk about what you do quickly and easily. It's not going to be that perfect napkin spiel maybe, but it's going to be clear. And that's, I think, where everybody has to start that I'm sure you and I have heard our our share of really confusing pitches. We go to meetings and people get up and share their life story and you're like, oh, I have no idea what they do. So the first step there for anybody listening to this is to really be clear over creative. And I think I've created a free tool that does that. Lots of people have, but I think that is just like an easy, low-hanging fruit thing to start is say what you do, say it plainly, please don't dress it up or think that you have to dress it up or no one's going to care because I think people miss opportunities when they choose that creativity over clarity or they don't say anything at all because they are worried they're not saying the perfect thing. Yeah, I think... Create being creative really leads to some fluffy introductions. You know, like I could say, like I help people start podcasts, right? That's one of the the services I offer. I could get fluffier with that. You know, I help people find their voice, and that could that could be helpful. Or uh, I hate I help people take the spirit inside of them and and share it with the world. Like 
the further I, I get it. from what yes. I do, I think the more head scratching is that is is what's going to happen. And, and sometimes the the advice I get is, you know, just tell them what you do, or it's create some kind of intrigue or curiosity. How do you feel about that? About getting people to want to ask more about, you know, what it is that you do. Curiosity does not matter without context. Tell me more. That's how I feel about it. I think clarity rolls over creativity. The problem is when you lead, so many people lead with the creative or the curious, but it doesn't connect to context. That doesn't connect to, you know, people end up, I often call, call it, it's like you're looking for applause and not action. <laughs> So, so basically a lot, this happens like a trap for coaches and consultants that, and I've worked with, you know, there, there are people who will search and search and search for the perfect message and the perfect moniker. And you gave great examples of, Hey, I help people start podcasts. I help people find their voice. I'm a podcast voice architect. Like you could say that (laughs) and that might drive curiosity, but what I think it won't drive is action. You know, you telling me you help people start a podcast, my brain goes, boom, I got tons of opportunities for you. I'm going to talk to you after we do this interview, right? I got to connect you to people. If you had said I'm some sort of podcast voice architect, I'd be like, cool. Like I might ask you more questions, but I am not, I'm going to miss the context of how it's relevant to me or my network or people who could help. And so that is the tricky thing. I'm not saying be boring. I think people are so afraid of being boring that they're spinning the other direction though. So it's like, remember clarity. And then curiosity, clarity, and then creativity. Clarity is what is going to help make it compelling. You have to connect it to somebody's reality. I used to go around saying, and in my great in my business was branding, wedding events, all kinds of helping you search for your job because it was about helping you tell your story in every aspect of your life. Really cool, right? I would go around, I'm a business storyteller. And people would ask me so many questions. They thought it was so interesting. You know, people would call me, zip. Because they didn't know what I did. They thought maybe I was like a videographer. They didn't understand that. And so now what I say when I go out, I say, hey, I do branding for coaches and consultants. That more immediately, I'm less worried about sounding cool as I or getting someone to like interview me in person than to be the card in somebody's deck. That's why I called it brand chips is this idea that you want to be played at the right time. Sometimes you're going to meet people. It's not going to be the right time, but other times it's going to be Oh my gosh, I love that you do that. I know someone who's starting a podcast, right? Brandon, we should talk. Or, oh, Annie, you do branding for coaches and consultants. I am thinking about starting a practice. That connects the dots for people. So I think, you know, I am very much beating this drum of that we have got to embrace clarity because without it, people are missing the context and all we're getting is applause and not the action that we really want. Yeah, no, I love that. Now, I did do a little bit of, you know, snooping into your background story and, you know, looking at, you know, you wrote the book, Establish Yourself. Actually, there's a longer title, Establish Yourself, Dash, you know, like brand, streamline and grow your greatest business, which, you know, outlines that there are steps that you you start with one thing and you move along a path here. But what I really thought was interesting is, is the introduction to the book where you get into a little bit of the story of how you got there and how you found, you know, you're on your own journey, this, the importance of establishing yourself. And one of the things you really jumped into was this idea of courageous confidence. And it was one that I was like, I started like digging deeper and turning the pages on. I loved your story about courageous confidence. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, but really where does confidence play a role in this idea of establishing yourself? So courageous confidence is what I call one of the four key C's. 
So I imagine that having a coaching or consulting practice, any sort of service-based practice, most of us want to grow to the next level. We want more passion, more profit. We want to love what we do and have it love us back. To me, that's what it means to establish yourself. And I think people get tripped up on how to grow. And so part of the, there is an EST framework. There's three steps, EST. And to move from each step, to go upward, to push your business to that next level and have it be more of your greatest business, you need these four factors. I imagine they make up a key. And the first, there's four C's. And the first one of those C's is what I call courageous confidence. And the reason it is such an important factor, and it's not creativity or capital, maybe something you would expect. I think it's such a big success and growth factor for coaches and consultants because it has to do with how much you own who you are. And I've been saying often, it's not in the book, but I wish it was, which is business is behavior. So if you are afraid to show people your website, guess what you're not talking up, right? If you're not confident in your services, guess what you're not selling, right? When you are not comfortable behaving in ways that support your business, you get you get shut down, right? And so a huge component to me is about believing in what you say and narrowing down saying, I am the expert at this. I am great. Brene Brown says like, owning our story is one of the bravest things we'll ever do. It's, it's from her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And in the book, in my book, I talk about embracing your story. That's the first step in all of this is to embrace your story. And that has so much to do with not just being confident, but recognizing that being confident is an act of bravery. So there is this little jump you have or big jump you have to make to say, okay, I may have had this unorthodox path to becoming this coach or this consultant, but I am valuable. I am an expert. I do have value to add. I can charge what I'm going to charge. And I need to own that because people can sense if I'm not. And because I I am not going to love my business if I don't believe in myself and my business is going to work unless I believe in myself. And that confidence has like this reverberation to it. And I tell my story in my in the introduction of the book that you just mentioned about where I was lacking in courageous confidence and how taking that step toward doing that really opened so many doors and brought me to where I would say I'm in my greatest business today. Well, how did that come? How did you, how did that demonstrate itself? So when you're, when you were feeling like you weren't, you know, like it wasn't coming across as confident as it should, what did that actually look or feel like when it was happening? You know, why wasn't it effective? Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to the story I'm going to tell you, which is the the short version of it that's in the introduction is basically I had kind of, I've started my practice and gotten away with just getting clients from Google for the first few years. And then it was crickets and I, I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, is, you know, my business over what's going on. And when I got really honest with myself, I realized what was really happening was I was not confident in my sales conversations. I was so done with so many newsletters and we still get them today. I'm sure you get that 10 in your inbox right now, pitching people and being the sleazy sales guy. I was so afraid to be that person that I'd run completely the other way. (laughs) And I wasn't owning my story. I wasn't embracing my story with confidence. I wasn't coming off like the expert. I was like, I can do your branding or you could do it. I just believe in you. (laughs) Like I just was so afraid to own my story because I don't have the what I had perceived to be the perfect resume, the perfect reputation to be doing these things. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm a self-taught artist. I taught myself graphic design. I don't have formal writing training. I'm not a certified brand strategist. I felt like the you know imposter syndrome, right? And I long story short, I ended up 
I met somebody, her name's Adele Michael, and she's a business mindset coach. And she said that she helped women sell without selling their soul. And I was like, sign me up, please. And I did not believe in coaching until I worked with her. And she really helped me to see this big problem that I had, which was truly just not owning my stories, owning the fact that I came to this from kind of a different angle and showing up as the expert with courageous confidence. Learned a lot more from her than that, implemented a lot more than that. But when I made that shift and started showing up and saying, it's okay to show up and say, you know, you might not be the certified brand strategist, but you learned branding at the Walt Disney Studios working on major films, like own that, you know, you may be new to business, but you are, you know, generations of Fleischmann's and Franceschi's have come before you and started businesses and you are learning and pulling from that as well. And so there's so much in my story that I wasn't owning because I was so afraid about what I like didn't add up, right? Didn't look like the perfect story. And I think that that's the gift that I have for people that I love to share, which is helping them to see how it all adds up, helping them to have courageous confidence often comes with having the tools and the story and how to say it. Right. I have I have a way to say it because I wrote a book about it and a lot of other things that I've done. But it, hopefully that gives you kind of a picture of how confidence can really let you sail or really hurt you, depending on where you are in your season of business. Yeah. Well, and you, when when I, you know, looking at the book, you you wrote it as kind of a step by step, as you know, that there there's things to do for a second and third along the way. Why was that important to you to put it in kind of that format? I think, you know, it's really important to me. I like a business book read to be actionable. And I think almost everything I try to do, I'm trying to make it actionable. You can really implement it because too much stuff is theory, right? Like it's like, oh, well, that's a nice idea, but how would I actually apply it? And so the the book itself, actually, whether you get an ebook or you get the paperback, it comes with a free 60 page workbook where you can do it on your computer, you can print it out. I know many people have done it. There's even a tie-in program called the Action Club. So if you're like, I really want to make this happen, you have that way to do it. And it was so important to me to, to have it be real and have it mean something to you and help you grow your greatest business, whatever that looks like. And the fun of it had been, you know, getting the feedback from readers. I kept asking, well, what b- book does this remind you of? And almost everybody said, honestly, Annie, I can't tell you a book that this reminds me of because so many marketing books and business books are just all concept and they don't help you do it. And I was like, no, we got to, we got to help you do it. Of course, it's painful because the book is like, took me forever to write. It took me like two years to pull all that together and to do the workbook and all that. But the result is that it's not just theory. It's something applicable. Well, I like that there's a deeper dive too, because each of the sections, you know, because you start with the, like, uh, uh, if you're, I don't know you would call the first part, but it's all we, start, this... we call, oh, start with how to establish yourself. So just introducing right. the framework and how it all works. And then we, the rest of the book is organized by the three steps of the establish yourself framework, which breaks down to EST. So it's the three steps you can take to grow to the next level of your practice, kind of working against all these different things you've been told are important in your business, but finally gives you a way to go. What's most important in what order? So you move from branding to operations, to sales, et cetera, et cetera, finally to marketing. And that's a complete, that's a whole other discussion about why we do not start with marketing, but that's the idea. Yeah. And I, so, you know, I noticeably it moved from like the, the things we've been talking about today to the, okay, once you've got the thing moving, you're going to encounter an entirely different set of problems, which is, you know, your operations and how you take on more clients in a way that doesn't completely kill you. So I like that you're thinking about like along the way, the longevity of this, you know, 
you want a book that people can take with them and grow with and know what to expect. So it's not a surprise and they're hitting the face with, you know, a new hurdle every time they, you know, they take a step forward. So I, you know, I think it's a really useful tool along the way, but I do like that you dove deep and you're like, okay, if you really want to establish yourself, here's a workbook, let's go even deeper because that could have been a book unto itself, just that one section because there's so much to talk about in that. So I've been told by my editor, right? (laughs) right? I bought, I bit off more than I could chew, Brandon. When I started writing, I was like, oh, now I'm committed and now I've got to get it all together, but here we are. But I think people do struggle with the beginning part the most because I, you know, like how many businesses don't get started, but also how many coaches and, and consulting, you know, paths that people take end up, you know, not leading, leading them back to corporate because they couldn't figure it out. This, this first piece, you know, which what you were experiencing, I've experienced that myself as well. But I think the, when you start to look into it, like it's a, it's a leads and money thing. People just can't find a way to bring money into their business, to get clients, to continue to say, yes, they run out of, you know, what's close to them. So given that, what are some common mistakes you see them making when they're getting started in general? Could be getting leads or something else, but just when they're getting started, what are some common mistakes you see people running into? Well, so I, I want to speak to this moment that I feel like you're you're saying where is like, you know, they're trying, they're they're getting some momentum, but they can't continue it. It's not sustainable. And this book is truly written for the person that's a couple years into business that had like knows how to get clients, but like isn't growing, has like really reached that plateau moment. And it's like, do I go back to corporate? What do I do? And the thing is that I think so many coaches and consultants at all stages, especially the beginning and also at this stage, they are told constantly by marketers that marketing is everything, especially social media, social media marketing, got to be everywhere all the time. You got to be on TikTok. You got even if that makes no sense for your business, right? All those things where this is what the marketing machine tells us. And one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write Establish Yourself is I tried that advice. It almost burnt me the heck out. And I said, you know what? Forget this. I am going to flip it on its head. And I call this reverse revenue. So not thinking so much about if you really want to optimize your practice, you're at this moment in time. It's not about more marketing. It's actually about making your business better and tapping into your existing relationships and network first. Because if you do that, if you go backwards to what most marketing teach, marketers teach, you're going to see results faster. They're going to be more sustainable. And then when you do get to the marketing step, it's going to work because it's all aligned. The problem with current marketing tactics is just throwing the spaghetti at the wall all the time. People aren't committing to ideal clients. They're changing their message every five seconds. They're like disappearing in a sea. Like I call it the tactic tornado. You get swept up in this tactic tornado. And before you know it, you are down the black hole of internet marketing, right? And so I'm trying to save people from that. Cause I'm like, there are people who will, that I know will spend a month building their latest webinar or chasing the latest thing. And I'll go, have you emailed like your top 10 past clients to let them know you have this new service? And I'll go, no. I'm like, are you willing to do that? No. Like people are going to hide. And what I try to teach people is you already have a business that is worth elevating that you can make the branding better, make it run better and make it make, take care of your existing clients. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who are out there catering to new people and not answering my emails, right? Like we have forgotten and nobody, cause it's not sexy. People don't talk about take good care of your clients and your network and they'll take care of you. Let them know what you're doing. There's a whole exercise in the book that happens before you would ever start a podcast or anything. That's literally like, do they know what I know? 
And it's a checklist to remind you, hey, have I, you know, you maybe you have this podcast. Does everyone in Brandon's network know about his podcast? Do all his past clients know about his podcast? Like maybe you have a new offer, like a new program. Does everybody in your world know about that? Maybe you should go tell them. How are they going to know? Right. So that's the idea is like really teaching people more common sense ways, ways that don't rely on funnels and ads and these things that can feel really mysterious to people who are just a few years in a business and have been doing kind of high ticket sales. Like this is some really practical, actionable things you can do that you'll see results and you don't have to live on social media. And it doesn't have to be all about that. And that is the message that everybody wants to hear from me, which is, oh, I don't have to make it all about social. I'm like, no, you don't. There's right, plenty sure, of room to grow. I'm sure so many people are like, that's such a relief. <laughs> like, yeah, it's get, huge. I can get off the hamster wheel. And you know, I'll take the other road because I do think the creating content is a huge part of growing your brand. But I think that the way to do that, people are missing the step. I think people are missing the operational side of how do you take a very little time to create some content and have it continually work for you over and over again every week, as opposed to what I think people do, which is they go straight to social media and they're posting. And posting, it's like you got to keep doing it over and over and over again. And it's a one-time, you know, one-time action as opposed to creating something that can be used over and over again, which you know happens with like longer form content and repurposing and systems. Right. It that totally has that faster. role to play. Yeah. You know, but again, that's the people are trying to tackle that at the beginning, you know, before they're even established with, you know, clients and, and things like that. It's, it's what I call fixating on frosting, Brandon. Yeah. So it's like, imagine your business is a cupcake and all anybody wants to talk about is the frosting and the sprinkles. And I'm like, you guys haven't even baked the cake yeah. like, or your cake is terrible. Have you made a good cake? Cause people can take a bite of this and go, this is terrible. Like you have to, you know, the frosting is really important to the cupcake. Right. But if it's all, if the cupcake is all sugar, if it's all frosting, what's it, it's not going to work. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of people find themselves. The content creation is super important. And one of the, the but it, it, but it's in the order of things and the, the other three C's of the four. So it's courageous confidence, crucial clarity, conscious consistency, continued commitment. And those last three, the clarity, the consistency, the commitment have a lot to do with content creation, right? So getting out there when you are constantly not having any sort of strategy and you're just putting sprinkles everywhere and changing what your sprinkles are, changing your icing, changing your flavor, nobody can get a sense of who you are. And so, yeah, you can absolutely find your brand through doing that, but you have got to stay, give that crucial clarity, have the focus, get consistent, commit to what you're doing. And because when you keep trying a million strategies, nobody has a sense of who the heck you are and none of it works. Yeah. I think it leads to feast and famine, right? If you are at the beginning, when you have no clients, all you're doing is creating content. You're not actually out there building relationships and like selling, then you're you're not actually delivering, but then you do the opposite. You get a few clients, but you haven't, you're not building your brand in the background. And then when those clients leave, you have no lead flow. You don't have anyone coming in to sustain the business over time. So there's, you, you can't do one or the other. You have to be efficient enough and, you know, use some of the operational things you guys are talking about in the book so that you have the time to put your brain and your energy towards these things are going to grow your business in the future. If you don't have those things operationalized, you're just going to either burn out or, or not do it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of thought to be said that I think you just hit on about balance and about like, yes, the content creation is important. I'm not here to say that social media isn't important or that it isn't 
powerful for growing lots of different kinds of business. I'm here to say it's not the only thing. And when it's treated as the only thing, it's the recipe for burnout. It's the recipe that everyone sells as the gold mine. But what they forget to say is strategy, strategy, strategy. There's more to a business than just its marketing. In particular, it's online marketing. And that's where it's like, if you can be aware of all those things and keep, like you said, the momentum of the clients that you have, but also be thinking down the pipeline and having what I, I would call like, like your podcast, I would call that a consistency container. And I talk about the importance of having those. So that's like where you're a thought leader, right? You have a series. I have a show that I call Branding with Friends. And I invite experts like yourself to come on and talk about topics. You do that with brands on brands. So people associate you with branding. It's something that a system that allows you to have consistency with social and to start positioning or to position yourself as the expert you are. But that doesn't happen without thought, without a process, without a system, right? So it has to be built. And I think that I think to your point about strategy, people, if you're only observing and not understanding the thought behind what you're observing, you're going to miss, you're going to try to imitate and you're not going to understand the thought process. Because for me, like Greatest Story Creative is its own brand, but your content, branding with friends, that seems pretty broad to me. That doesn't seem niche down, right? But it doesn't have to be. That allows you to have a container for your conversations that have it their own strategy and, and rationale behind them. But then you look at how specific something like the your best referral bio lead magnet yes. is, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. people are like, what's the resource I can get from you? And you're like, well, I help people figure out their elevator pitch. I have an elevator pitch template to clearly say what you do. You go to greateststorycreative.com slash referral bio. That's a real link, guys. You can use that. <laughs> and you go there, you get this thing. It helps you figure out your pitch. These are the like really niche down things and people can take these away. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's understanding the strategy behind that. What do you do that is less niche? What do you do that is more niche? And how does that connect in your business? What is the goal of each of these tactics you're taking? Right, right. And you can't, to me, it's like, you can't figure that out without, well, what is it you do? Like, I'm shocked by how many people I work with, people I, I meet. They are really not clear on what they're the expert at and what they're really selling. And that's a lot of what the first section of the book says, you know, branding, it's focused on branding, but it's from this angle of, I I couldn't possibly come up with your best referral buyer branding with friends until I had greatest story created until I knew what greatest story did. Because once I knew what greatest story did and who it did it for, well, what do those people need? They need to hear branding advice. So we do branding with friends. They need an elevator pitch. We're going to make a free template. Like the only way you can get to those little things. That's why, as you said, the mimicking or the imitating doesn't work because it lacks the overarching connective tissue, the strategy. So what is your strategy? Only my premise in the book, the theory is, it says grow your greatest business. So the first thing you do in the book is actually define what is that? Because when you're emulating, if I were to emulate your business, you probably have really different goals than I do, right? For your business and what it means to you and what you want to get out of it. You know, I have different goals for other people. And so Getting clear on that helps you make all these decisions. Who am I going to be? What is my practice going to be called? When you start really getting clear and committed to those decisions, the other decisions become so much easier. The tactics become clearer. They become more effective. And that's the whole point is I think, and I'll beat this drum day in, day out, that people are doing stuff in the wrong order. When they want to grow, especially like they've got something started, but they really want to go to the next level. This is how double, like be clear, get clear on your strategy, make it the best it can be while you're working with the people who already know you. And then that reverberates out, 
right? And then you continue and then you continue and you build and you build. And that's something I think most people can do. Whereas, you know, some of this stuff, I'm like, oh man, like ads and like, oh, like, I mean, I'll get into it at some point in time, but like, I have a six figure business and I take December off and I love what I do. And I don't have to know all that stuff. And that, that to me is the lane that so many coaches and consultants say they want to be in. And so I try to give them a roadmap to doing it. Now, I know we're talking about, you know, for people who have already done some of this stuff, but my, I have to follow my curiosity on this in terms of some of your favorite marketing tactics. I did notice you, like when you were kind of reinvigorated and, and you found the clarity, which maybe some people have gotten there, uh, one of the tactics you took was to get out there and do do some workshops and start mm-hmm. hosting and you know like knowledge trainings and those kinds of things how did that work and were there other things you were doing as well or like what was what was it working for you at that point yeah so so the thing that had been working for me up to that point and really exploded after i kept doing more of it was speaking so i had a presentation that was all about branding and why it was important and there's so many events locally, you know, we're here in the Raleigh Durham area where everybody needs a speaker. And so I would go and I would I would ask around who needed a speaker and I would pitch myself and I would get, you know, start speaking. What happened in the shift that I had was the realization to start hosting my own events. So I started hosting my own series. The the thing that blew up was this thing I called small business gut check, which I did with two other speakers because I was a little chicken to do it by myself. But that was really successful. We did four different ones. I had 66 consults come out of it. It was wild. But that inspired me to do what I did the following year, which really established myself, I think, and made me very visible here in the community, which is a series that I call Branding with Annie. So that's where Branding with Friends kind of came out of Branding with Annie. Branding with Annie was this idea of, hey, there's so many business owners here in the triangle that need to know more about branding. What if I were to teach a different topic on branding every single month throughout the year? And I rotated them each year kind of thing. And I did it for four years, like right up until the pandemic or like, you know, as we encountered the pandemic and then I took it online for a little while as well. And it has hundreds of alumni, but basically I had the strategy to create a consistency container said branding with Annie happens every month, second Tuesday of the month come. The hardest one to sell was the first one. It was a free event to say, you know, Hey, come. And then you, I would let people sign up for the next one in person. And that was like one of my best strategies for cute because you've got that first community going, right? So, hey, come next time, right. right? And so that's how we had hundreds of people and tens of thousands of dollars worth of clients and great contacts. And and that, that was the visibility thing I needed. And I think we're, when you are at this place where you don't have the clients coming in consistently that you want, the challenge there is not enough people know you exist and not enough people know what you do and that you're great at it. So you have got to solve that pretty, like when you put it that way, it's kind of simple, right? So like, what is it that you need to be doing so that more people know what you do and that you're great at it? And for me, I was like, how do I make sure people know I'm a branding expert? I'm going to make branding with Annie. And I I swear to you, I have people come up to me at events, even now they go, you're brand Annie. I know you. I can't go to your (laughs) workshops because they're at this time or whatever, but I know you. And that is how you build awareness. And with speaking, it's one-to-many instead of one-to-one. So there's a lot of bang for your buck. So if you do something like this, like, you know, you're welcome to take inspiration from that. But I loved it. I actually retired it this past year because I have the Action Club. So that is a little bit of a, a group coaching program that comes out of the book. But Braiding with Annie is go- will return like the Avengers. It's going to be a digital often so you can do one of the workshops. But if you love it, I've actually put all of the ones I've done, they're all recorded and they're in the Action Club as part of the Establish Yourself Vault. 
which has all the tools and templates I talk about in the book. So all integrated programs that have taken me years to build and years to figure out, but all working like an ecosystem. But that's, it's all started with this idea of, I wanted to speak, but I didn't want to have to pitch all the time, right? Like how annoying is that to have to like pitch and find events and like, they're nice. It's a great way to get a new audience, but it was a great way to kind of create my own audience in this area. Where, where can they find that? You were saying there's the, the action club. Yeah, the action club. So if you go to greateststorycreative.com slash action club, so it's very easy to find, but you can also find it. There's a thing that says establish yourself and you can see the book and the action club's linked right beneath it. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend you guys taking advantage of that. I think getting being a part of community and getting coaching and, and mentorship is is a huge investment that we can all make in ourselves. And it doesn't have to cost a huge amount a lot of the time. But there was something that stood out. And I think that you found a container for your knowledge, right? You put that into a workshop. That was your container, which some people just have trouble figuring out like what container am I going to pick? So you pick that. But I think on top of that, they're like, what then how do I fill it? Right. But you you haven't mentioned where you hosted it. People a lot of time were like, okay, I'll host it at like a co-working community or at a yeah. something else, right? What did you choose? Because I think tapping into something a community that already exists that you are a part of, you are a member of. Oh yeah, that can help. Is yep. is that's the missing piece for a lot of people. They're missing one or two or both. Yeah. And I think if you're, it helps if you're B2B. So like I'm a business to business. And so there are so many business events going on. So you can go to like different organizations for small business owners, right? That's a great place to start if this is of interest to you. I did it at a place called The Frontier, which offered a free co-working space. So it was totally free for me to reserve the room. And I had a built-in community of entrepreneurs. And I had already been networking here for years. So people, like I knew when, basically I focused on sell it one at a time, like get that first one. And then if you let people keep signing up, great. They're going to tell their friends. And that's exactly what happened. So I didn't have to do a lot of promotion for it. It was really this kind of self-feeding machine. I just had to announce the new one each month. And I had my virtual assistant take care of most of that heavy lifting. I want to touch on something you kind of hit on, which was, well, you know, you create this container, how do you fill it? And I think something I've been learning, having just written this book too, because it took me two years to take, well, what do I teach? And what do I believe? And how does it fit into EST and all these things? that doesn't happen overnight. And so it was a nice accountability challenge for me. I didn't have 10 presentations on branding, but now I do because every month I went, well, made business cards better make a deck about business cards. And, and what was cool about that was it forced me to, what are the, the premise was simple. It was like five or six best practices. So every, every presentation, every branding with Annie had the same format, five or six best practices about a topic open questions and answers. Like it was like the same thing. I just had to change out the content around the topic and come up with X number of topics. But that forced me to think, well, what do I think about business cards? What do I think about logo design? What do I think about website design? Kind of articulate that. And those were things I pulled from directly to write my book years later. And they're really cool. You know, doing it this way, if you do the speaking strategy, then guess what? You can go pitch yourself or or when you're approached for speaking engagements, as I began to be, you go, great, I have a great talk on brand voice. And it's just branding with Annie. I just repurpose it for this other event. And that's great. It's a double dipping, you know, triple, quadruple dipping. And that anything you can reuse is fantastic. Yeah. I think for for me, I do the same thing, but like my my easiest place to create content is in the podcast format. So when I create here first, I know each week I have like a certain format I have to deliver on and not all solo shows. I have some interviews, some solos, but my solo shows have a format to them. I'm comfortable with it. 
And now when I go backwards in time, I can say, okay, I want to do a talk all about how to introduce yourself. And I can pick and choose four or five different podcasts and be like, these are this is where all the content lives and pull them together. That's actually how I built my course for for podcasters. Like, you know, online course came all from things I had talked about one episode at a time. And with the workshop, same thing. If you're it's they, these things, you don't just build them once. They are they're assets that you can develop and then put them into something like a book. You know, they start to form over time, like a you know snowball effect, which is I think it's brilliant. I keep telling people invest in brand assets. And, and you know, yes. and it's and it's not and that's the logos. core work I do. It's yeah. content assets. It's things like this. Yeah, that I mean, that's the core. Really, what I'm known for is what I call a brand story solution. So coaches and consultants come to me to write their consistent, their clear marketing message, consistent visual brand, and the compelling website that pulls it all together. So that's that's really the heart and soul of like my greatest business and what I do. And I think that that is that's the first step, right? Like even if you're a couple years in, it's really the first step to establishing yourself. And then what I have learned over time is then get out there and use it. Get out there and use your branding, talk about what you do and start forming what you believe. And you form, you know, if you're strategic about it, you can use a podcast, you can use speaking to create your, what is your curricula, right? Like that doesn't happen overnight. You don't just instantly invent it. You have to develop it. And I just wish someone had said to me when I was, you know, a couple of years ago to say, you have full permission to keep working on the same things. And to stop, I feel like this content machine is always like create new stuff. You never see, like that's what I think a lot of people think is like you have to just make all this new stuff all the time. And that's what I thought. And I'm like, the my business has grown and my understanding of it and how I was able to write this book was by doubling down and refining concepts, not about creating new ish all the time. Cause I that was burnout. You know, I don't know if you've been there, but I yeah, there. yeah, a new framework for every question about marketing in the book. Yeah. Right. Like, right. let me explain this next topic in yeah. a way that it's understandable. And then the next topic, as opposed to, let me just focus on the main thing and just keep telling it with new stories and new ways and reiterate over and over and over again, because new people will keep coming into your world and be like, that's what I needed right now. And it helps you become known. Yeah. I get like, you want to be known it for something. It helps you become the expert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah focus. Yeah. Focus and repeat. Well, uh, just the permission to not have to reinvent it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny as you start to you tap into speaking. I think speaking is a very powerful tool for reputation building. But you'll hear the same thing. You're not creating a new speech necessarily for everything you do. It's the same speech, but customized to the new audience. But it's the same concepts reiterated, reiterated. So they all, if they ever two strangers from different events talk to each other, they both would have the same idea about what you're known for. Hence the book, Establish Yourself, you know, <laughs> taking these steps to be known for what you want to be known for. Absolutely. That's our time today. But if there's anything that you could leave our audience with, uh, number one, audience, get out there and get to greateststorycreative.com. And if you want that pitch template, again, that's greateststorycreative.com forward slash referral bio. But anything else, if people are out there looking to establish themselves and to grow and scale, any final parting tips or words for our, our audience out there? I think it really comes down to growing your greatest business. And I think that that is really important for you to maybe silence just for a moment, all the marketers out there, me included, and to define for you, what is it that you really want from your practice? What does your greatest business look like? What does it make? What kind of people do you work with? How does it make you feel? What does it enable in your life? And so I think if you can do that, 
it's more than possible to establish yourself, but you have got to set that. What is your North star? What is your greatest business? And that's going to make every answer from here so much clearer. Love that. Well, you already here first guys, get clear, get moving, take action and check out our friend, Annie Franceschi. When you get a chance, check out her content, check out her website. And if you enjoyed the show, leave a little rating review and uh, support us. That's all we got for you guys today. I appreciate you for listening and uh, catch you next time.